Hello. You're listening to our podcast, Strawberry Week. I'm Hattie Young. I'm Bex Young. And Strawberry Week is a fortnightly conversation between two feminist best friends chatting about topical taboo areas affecting women. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Before we start today's episode, we want to give our heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of Sarah Everard. We can't begin to imagine how people close to Sarah must be feeling at this terrible time. There's a huge sense of frustration and anger being felt by both women and men across the country. and We hope the current conversation around women's safety will generate real outcomes for our society. We will be covering women's safety in episode two of Strawberry Week. We hope to hear from you about all your experiences and opinions with regards to this topic in the meantime. But we should probably tell you a bit about ourselves and why we started this podcast. Yeah, so we met in primary school, we've been friends for about 17 years now. Yeah. And more recently, we've both found ourselves talking more and more about things we've seen in the news or on social media or in conversations we've had with our other friends. And both felt like there's a lot that could benefit from being spoken about more openly. So a huge part of our podcast is going to be about talking to lots of different women, getting people's voices out there. And we've decided to do a part one and a part two of each podcast session. And in our part two, we're going to have one of you on the podcast talking about your own experience. Yeah, and on the whole, we want to create a safe space for women to talk about things that they might not have wanted to speak about in the past because they've had uh, nowhere to go or they've not had the opportunity to. And overall, we just want this to be a healthy dose of opinions. Yeah. So, where do we get our own opinions from? Tell us what you're up to at the moment, Hattie. So, I'm a freelance journalist and filmmaker, and I've been working on projects that promote equality, um, social issues, and I like to tell personal stories about the obscure and people that live alternative lifestyles. Um, I've also made a couple of films through the, with the genre um, social realism, and I just hope that my journalism and filmmaking can create a change in society that is is very much needed. Uh, what about you, Bex? So I'm currently a law student. At the moment, I'm doing my master's um, and I've had the chance this year to select all of my modules. So I've selected some um, studying law and gender and law and sexuality and I found it really, really interesting. But it's also exposed lots of systemic inequalities that I kind of almost took for granted um, in the more sort of traditional law modules that I've studied before. And so... With the research I've done, I've become more and more interested in it and I kind of want to bring a legal perspective to the podcast as much as I can as well. So we're going to be talking about topical issues most of the time and what we're talking about this week is definitely a topical one. Um, We're talking about a documentary that came out at the end of February and it's Zara McDermott's documentary Revenge Porn. Okay, so we want to start this topic by sharing some experiences that we've had uh, with revenge porn and... um, when I was in year 11 I was going out with this boy and he went on a school trip and he basically asked me to send him pictures because you know he was away and all this rubbish and um I said no and then he kept saying go on send them you know it's only me that's going to see them and all this typical and so I sent them in the end and he basically showed them to all of his friends and I remember coming into school when they got back from the trip and his little stupid little mates <laughs> came up to me and were like, oh, yeah, we've seen those pictures of you, blah, blah, and all this. And I remember at the time just thinking in my head, like, be cool, Hassan, yeah. be cool. Like, you know, 
don't get angry Hattie and like I just like almost played it off like I didn't get really get care but I just remember having that sinking feeling of like oh my god I've trusted this person and they've gone and done this and I also do remember blaming mm. myself I mean like I shouldn't have sent them in the first place um like you're so stupid for doing that but you know now I look back on it I'm like I wish I'd just like been like you bunch of little dickheads you're so (laughs) basically yeah yeah. I remember this so vividly as well because obviously Hattie and I went to school together and um I mean it was pretty indiscriminate who he was showing it to even me who's obviously Hattie's friend he's going around talking about it showing off about who he's shown it to with absolutely no regard for anything to do with Hattie or her friends or anybody else apart from him and his little circle who were just you know relishing in their massive egos from sharing somebody's personal Mm. images just shocking and I know a lot of people will say oh well you know he's only young and he's this age and whatever but no they know what they're doing they just know and like exactly like you said it's all like so they just don't care about the other person in the situation and there's no regard for anyone but their ego and to make them mm. look cool. They know enough to know that that will make them look cool and, you know, they'll get a laugh out of it or they'll be the big boy that's, like, yeah. got these pictures of his girlfriend. So they know that that will also have uh, an effect yeah. on the other person as well. And it just influences all the other boys around them as well. And because one boy has done it and thinks it's cool, it then sends a bit of a green light to everybody else to be like, oh, maybe I should pressure someone else into this. Or maybe I should be asking my girlfriend for these. Or why hasn't my girlfriend sent me these? Um, And it sets a precedent for how boys should be treating girls. And because there is no, Mm. like you say, no regard for anybody else but themselves, it becomes a very sort of, oh, the woman is at fault then, or the girl is at fault then, because they're not even remotely thought about in terms of how they might feel. It's all what have you done? Why did you send that? Um, yeah, and that definitely has played out in my life as well. I mean, over the years, I think every girl listening to this to some degree can relate to being pressured with sending images mm. or mm. pressured with anything to do with things you're not necessarily confident in, but you think, okay, well, this is the cool thing to do and people have been doing this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The worst part about that, all that is as well, is afterwards, didn't even break up with him. For God's sake, mm. what was I doing? But, but you can't blame yourself for that, no. all, can you? Because it was just the dumb thing. Boys will be boys, yeah. and particular. Yeah. You know, like, that's the general consensus, isn't it? I think this does really uniquely apply to boys growing up mm. as well. Oh, they'll grow, they'll, they'll learn, mm. they'll get over it. How are you making sure that people are growing? How are you making sure people are getting over it? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like this has stemmed from somewhere. You know, boys want to sh- get pictures of these girls to show other boys because it's cool. That came from somewhere. It's like gone mm. through the generations. That that's cool. Yeah. Because each generation keeps getting away with it. And if people aren't called out on it, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, definitely. And like we've seen in Zara's documentary, there's so much victim blaming around Mm. girls, especially young girls who are sending images to their boyfriends, people that they trust, 
that the whole issue just gets skewed around okay how can we prevent girls from sending pictures and yeah that's something we definitely see within this documentary something that's ingrained I think in every woman as well Mm -hmm. you know what have I done to put myself in this situation Mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah definitely and I think a lot on social media that has been coming out a lot recently as well um that definitely everything that happens to a woman there's this passive voice that these things aren't the it's not the perpetrator doing it to the woman it's the thing that's happening to the woman yeah it happens in like a vacuum yeah um and that's also then again referring back to this whole victim blaming thing that it's the woman's fault and it's the woman that's got to do these things to make sure that this doesn't happen to her it's got nothing to do with the perpetrator that's actually doing the acts against that person yeah it's really really strange it's almost like these things just randomly happen there's no responsibility yeah. for it there's no rhyme or reason it's but it's because we don't discuss the actions of these boys or men who are doing these acts of violence against women we don't discuss it in relation to what have they done wrong at the time it's always how could this woman have stopped this from happening yeah yeah okay so so getting on to Sarah McDermott's documentary then um we should probably yeah we should probably tell you a little bit about Zara, if you don't already know, to anyone who's listening that doesn't already know. Um, so Zara McDermott kind of came on the scene in 2018 when she went on Love Island. And now she's, um, you know, categorised as uh, or labelled as a TV personality. Um, so she's she's now a model. She's an influencer. She now goes out with Sam Thompson, who was on Made in Chelsea. So she's also now uh, starred in on Made in Chelsea. But she, uh, since releasing this documentary she's um now said that she won't be returning back to the show um so in the documentary yeah she's sharing her experiences of two occasions where she's been a victim of revenge porn and it's basically kind of her journey within those situations and um the consequences of it for her and the people around her yeah so the first incident that she mentions is one that happened when she was 21 and this basically was kind of catapulted uh, into happening by the fact that she was on Love Island. And so someone decided to share an image that she sent privately and she knows where it came from. She knows undoubtedly where it came from. But it ended up being sent onto so many WhatsApp groups that ultimately when she tried to hold this person accountable... They just said, well, everybody else has seen it. So how you, you can't prove it's me. It's, you know, it's everyone's seen it at this point. So, yeah, as we said, it's was spread across so many WhatsApp groups to the point where even her current boyfriend, Sam Thompson, realised recently, like, oh, yeah, I've actually seen this because this is on one of my WhatsApp groups and I never kind of put two and two together of who it was. And that was very interesting because he was then talking about how there's just absolutely no empathy, like we've already said, for the person in the picture. It's just like a cool thing that you pass around. You you lose the humanity of who you're actually looking at. And also they her friend messaged um, the, the person that shared these photos in the first place of her and he wouldn't admit to it. He said, he said something like um, yeah. he already... Ha- those pictures were already out there before he did anything about it anyway. Something like that. Just not taking the blame for it at yeah. all. Not um, holding himself accountable for his actions. 
just denial of the fact that this is something wrong that he's actually done and that it was going to happen anyway mm-hmm. so it's not his fault it's it's disgusting because the the very reason that it came out is because Sarah decided to go on Love Island and became you know this TV personality and so suddenly I don't know it's almost like the reason why they've done this is to try and get importance for themselves because mm. they suddenly got mm. something on someone who has interest in the public. And yeah, it's almost like, well, I guess this is why it's called revenge porn, because it's almost like there's this sense mm. of immediate hatred or just disregard for this person, even though they had a personal relationship um, for a number of months mm. prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that Sam Thompson says, isn't it, as well, that nobody thinks about the 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 woman this being in the shoes of the woman everyone just sees this sexual object and doesn't think about the consequences that that is going to have on that person's life and that they're just another person that's being pushed around these whatsapp groups to god knows who you know because it's like suddenly she's this famous person suddenly it's taking that mentality of these young boys again from in school still up until they get old, you know older in age that it's this cool thing to share these pictures of girls and women to get an ego boost yeah. it really is no different it really is no different to what happened to you in school it is it is an ego boost it's hey look at me i'm so cool completely removing themselves from the fact that's a human being who is you're committing an offence against, you're traumatising this person, but not only this person, anybody close to them. And that's something we also see throughout the documentary, like the effects on her family and her friends um, still to this day. And it's this thing of of pain as well that people are causing. And But because it's not a physical thing, because someone's not actually physically going and hurting someone... It's not seen as damaging to these people. And like, mm. although it's, you know, through technology and these even these pictures are a physical thing, it's almost not taken as seriously or like the effect on a person isn't taken as seriously because it's not, it's not a physical action. But the, the mental and emotional yeah. impact that will have on a woman's life throughout her whole life, which is another thing that is covered in the documentary of the effect you know even years Mm. and years later I mean you know like it's just it's so traumatic and it's just not it's just not that's not made clear enough to these to these boys and men and then when it is they think that it's the victim's fault they think that they're just being you know hysterical or um you know over emotional or this just happens and it's just not right no it's not and this wasn't the first time that that Mm -hmm. actually happened to zara mcdermott either she was 14 when she suffered her first um, experience with revenge porn again the story behind that is quite similar in the sense of it was a a power thing from a boy who, who was in a cool group at school, Zara wasn't, who pressured her to send the picture even though she clearly didn't want to because she was bullied and 
desperate to make friends she thought okay if I send him this maybe he'll like me maybe maybe people will like me just generally and I'll stop having a really shit time at school she said even the next day she went into school and everybody had seen it everybody and she just was absolutely distraught immediately as you would be yeah and um one of the kids went past her history class, pushed the phone up against the window so that all of the uh, and the phone had the picture of her on it, and the teachers could see and all the kids and everyone just you know went in on her then again, mm. and the teachers didn't even do anything to that kid. Oh, and then she so much. she got excluded. She yeah, got excluded. People. What not on earth? It's not just, the person who did the crime, yeah, but the victim. Yeah, and I mean, Zara is 24 now, and this happened to her when she was 14. So, you know, although it's 10 years, that's still not that long ago. That's not far off um, how long we were, you know, that age no. that we were in school. And to me, that baffles my brain that even when we were in school, like, that might have happened. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that really shows how ingrained in everybody... Women and men, as we saw with one of Zara's mum's friends who also condemned Zara's mother for, oh my God, how could your daughter send this mm. picture? I mean, this attitude is within teachers, it's within it's within all of us to some degree. We've internalised it so much that women who send these pictures are, you know, malicious or are asking for it or, or all of that stuff it you know it's it's so ingrained even into these teachers who yeah decided that she should be excluded and the boys should face no punishment and that was justifiable everybody and un- everybody just understood that as a thing and yeah they weren't even held to account just, in any way oh. they just got off scot-free how on earth when they were the ones that did something wrong and she yeah. was made to feel ashamed by everyone it's just, and she's 14 years old. Like, if those boys can't make a genuine decision or know what they're doing, but yet that, that girl does, supposedly, she knows that she's sending that picture and that it's going to get around. No. Why the hell are you making excuses for boys, but then mm-hmm. they're quick, really quick to judge and shame girls for, like, being in this, you know... They're both in that situation. She's the victim. He's the perpetrator. Yet you've got so many excuses for him and none for the girl who's having to like deal with this trauma, traumatic time. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Before you even get into any of it, you, the teachers and the people involved in it have already made up their minds that she mm. has been sinful and that, you know, why did you send this? Like, you know what people are going to do with it. You know, this just happens. And we've been saying stuff like that, like this just happens, you know, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. We've been saying that for so long now and it's so wrong on so many levels. Like you say, um, people should be able to make their own decisions based on what they want to do, not based on someone probably betraying their trust. Yeah. And then um, she spoke about her experiences with her boyfriend, Sam Thompson, didn't she? And mm. he basically kind of, you know, said his opinions on it and uh, et cetera. And honestly, this this is the part in it that like seriously stuck out for me. And I was this is the part that made me so angry when I was watching it. He basically said to her, you know, she used to get more streetwise and that she did it 
once so why did she do it again when she was 21 like there are assholes out there and they're always going to be so you need to just be aware of that but yeah at not one point did he say like anything really bad about the people that did this to her and this is his own girlfriend he's also gaslighting her saying that almost like the situation just happens and that she's almost making a big deal out of it for no reason because like this is just the way of the world and sam thompson if you're listening of course that's going to be of the way of the world if you give them freaking excuses (laughs) and are just like yeah that's just what happens yeah it's going to keep happening of course it is you idiot exactly (laughs) acceptance of behavior leads to repetition of behavior um at one point he actually told her yeah in terms of gaslighting did the whole oh word for word i would have thought you would have been a bit more wised up after she'd been the victim of a crime, the victim of a crime for the second time, why would you make the mistake again? Okay, clearly victim blaming, saying, you have made a mistake, why would you do this? Consider why you've done this, Mm. as if she hasn't already thought for 10 years in that way because everybody else has told her to do that. Yeah, but even in this conversation, um, Zara just sort of said, oh, okay, we'll just agree to disagree because he really wasn't, I don't think, showing any true empathy for what she'd been through, which was quite ironic because earlier in the documentary, he was talking about, oh, no one has empathy for the woman in the picture. Yeah. And also, if he cared that much, when his mate sent him, sent the picture of her um, in their WhatsApp group, he should have been like, no, you shouldn't be sending that of a woman. I know. I wonder if he's, I wonder if he's, I I would like to think and hope that he's had those conversations with his friends. Mm. And Zara in the documentary, she talks a lot about um, the offence of revenge porn itself and how she wasn't sure if she was really protected by it in her particular circumstances. I think she referenced a grey area and I think the grey area for this offence is huge and we've been speaking about this a lot over the last couple of days because the offense of revenge porn um in order to bring a successful um prosecution you have to prove an intent to distress behind the images behind the sharing of the images which is so hard to do and even in cases where you can clearly see a victim is distressed and it's you know majority of revenge porn cases if not all revenge porn cases by default the victim is going to be distressed you still have to prove it and you can rebut that intent by pretty ridiculous defenses like i didn't realize it would upset this person or it was a joke i didn't know what i was doing it was a joke it was my friend on my phone all of these are admissible in court so zara towards the end of documentary uh, in, in particular was talking about how she believes the threat to send um, revenge porn should also be prosecuted and the difficulties with the intent to cause distress. Um, Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, this is, like you said, something that definitely I still can't get my head around or why it's even there. I know. Why is that part of it there? So for every criminal offence, you have 
There's two parts to a criminal offence. The first part is the mens rea and the second part is the actus reus. So the mens rea is the mental element of the offence, which is usually the intent to do something. And you have to prove that intent exists along with the actus reus, which is literally the, well, the guilty act, the act itself. So you have to have both the mental and the physical side of it to prove the offence exists. And... I think that, like we've both said, it's almost ridiculous that you even have to prove the mens rea side of it because it's not like a, well, this is the difficulty of it. It's not like a physical offence, like a physical sexual assault where you can easily sort of, or more easily prove that there was an intent there. And I don't think the law is keeping up to date with technological offences like this they because of that lack of the physical element and because of that difficulty with the mens rea requirement and the ease of giving ridiculous defences to it Mm, it does seem very ridiculous the whole thing yes it is it's all it's almost laughable because it's so obvious that it's caused so much trauma for people but i had a look at the cps uh, crown prosecution service a report from 2016 so bear in mind that this became an offense um in april 2015 so it's really really recent and it should have been it should have been an offense many years before that you know when we had the ability to send digital imagery but also physical imagery because that can also be revengeable anyway so i had a look at the report from a year later on the cps website And only 206 people were actually prosecuted for revenge porn within that first year of the offence becoming classified. So if you think about us, our experiences, Zara's experiences, the experiences of all of our friends, millions of women, only 206. And men, of course. Yeah, and then all the women uh, that messaged Zara in it as well. She put out a post on Instagram about it, asking women to send in their experiences. And loads, like loads and loads messaged her. And then obviously there were the women that got involved in the documentary as well. Yeah, and this is just being prosecuted as well. So this is the people that have actually been to the police and you know, done the whole reporting system, gone through the criminal justice system and had a prosecution. And you think about the majority of women who've been a victim of revenge porn who would not even go near the police because they have no faith in the criminal justice system anyway, but also perhaps don't even realise that revenge porn is actually an offence now. There's just, there's not a lot of education on that. There's, I mean, I think unless you become a victim of it and you speak to someone who knows what they're talking about, perhaps you wouldn't even know that you could do something mm. about it. Oh yeah, most like most definitely. Like you just said, like I know so many uh, friends and other women just personally that this has happened to. So God knows how many uh, other people it's happened to. Like, yeah, men and women. I must be insane. Yeah, it's just almost like a silent or hidden kind of crime. Like viewed by many people as not really like a proper sexual offence or like not a serious sexual offence and that's why it has the prosecution rates that it does and that's why people don't speak up about it to people who could prosecute it in the first place but yeah so Zara covered that and she also looked at a couple of um case studies as well which were really harrowing weren't they Hats? Oh yeah it's actually very very upsetting watching it. Mm. 
I think it's also because like you you know as women even if this hasn't happened to you you know the like power dynamic of it and that if you went you know these people they don't they they, you know also know they don't care about you and it's that lack of control of just knowing that you, you're so hurt and you're so traumatized, but you can't, there's there's not really a lot that you can do right now. And maybe, and at the time you probably think there's nothing, anything you're going to be able to do because those images are out there. That's the thing that that's the thing with, with the, that annoys me the most about this, because it's not seen as seriously as a physical offense, but yet these images are out there forever. I like, yeah. In most circumstances anyway. And there's no real way of controlling that. So in some senses, it's a continuing uh, offence, you know, sort of forever. It will never, yeah. be, it, it will always be an active offence because it's it's just going to get pulled up or be sent somewhere else or... Yeah. And then the next one was a woman who was going to break up with her boyfriend. He knew about this and then they had this one last night together and he filmed them having sex and she reported him and he actually did get convicted but he only got convicted mm. to four years it's yeah four years. it was four years and that was um hacking stalking and revenge porn because the maximum sentence for revenge porn is only two years and i mean like four years to me is just not enough because but then that's another question what is enough I'm not sure I can answer that question. Yeah. What punish what punishment is apt for this? It's almost like you need a whole overhaul of I mean, I kinda just wanna forcibly educate these people and just almost force them to be advocates for women or something yeah. like that. Like devote your time for causes for women, devote your life to charity work and enforce it and yeah yeah I just feel like that would be so much more productive in a sense obviously however you would want people behind bars because if they're dangerous people and if they are hacking and stalking as well you want them behind bars do that in prison then you know do all of that stuff I just said in prison (laughs) yeah yeah exactly going back to that topic education Mm. no one is educated then yeah they're they're put in prison and then what they're going to get out of prison do it again because yeah you know, they've not been educated as to why that is so wrong because they'll still have this viewpoint of women of being lesser than them and having power over them. Mm. Because at the end of the day, even though he did get convicted and put in prison, he still set out, he still did what he set out to achieve. And we know that these sort of crimes aren't taken seriously and we know that people who commit lesser crimes, and I say lesser crimes in the sense of a, sh- a shorter prosecution time not in the sense of they are less traumatizing to a woman um such as indecent exposure like in the case of Sarah, Sarah Everard that we're talking about recently um we know that the man who's accused of her murder um is also accused of indecent exposure about 10 days before we know that crimes like hacking stalking revenge porn s- sexual offenses of any kind we know that it leads on to further offences um in a lot of cases so yeah like you say we definitely need to educate people yeah and uh, you know even Zara's family they spoke about their experiences and kind of like opinions on the whole situation and 
her mum because she sat she sat them down and she said look we haven't spoken about this since I was 14 and even then we didn't really speak about it it just happened we moved on that was it but she said you know I want to know what you think about it or like how you felt at the time etc and her mum kind of said she said oh we felt pain it makes us we don't like talking about it because it brings up a level of pain for us not not the same as yours but there is still pain there and then her dad yeah her dad like also had this internalized kind of patriarchal misogynist viewpoint of that Sarah shouldn't have sent them he was like why did you send them Mm. I just couldn't get my head around why you sent them again victim blaming but it's the same thing of that's kind of internalized that's internalized in him exactly. as well like he's not doing that to be a malicious person he loves her more than anyone and it's so far into us and i suppose particularly into men in a sense with this whole sense of what is masculinity and what are men meant to be like and the power imbalance and all the rest of it even when you really, really care about someone, it's still so hard to detach yourself from that patriarchal sense of you are not the victim here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, this is the thing. So this whole victim blaming thing. So there was another case study in um, the documentary where a woman killed herself. She actually committed suicide, you know, and she had a loving family and she just felt like it was all her fault. Because her boyfriend kind of took control of her, didn't he? And uh... Yeah. I think he'd been physically and sexually abusing her and controlling her money, who she could speak to, limiting her contact with her friends and family. But then, like you said, she was reluctant to speak to her friends and family because mm. she felt shame mm. for being abused. And like, at no point is that ever her fault. Yeah, she was made to feel like no. it was because of how society works and because there's this whole power dynamic again of like women women are lesser so it's got to be their fault can't be men's fault they're just in charge anyway so it's it's not their fault why did you put yourself in that position why didn't you leave you know why didn't you tell people why didn't you do this and that it's so much more complex and nuanced than that and yeah it needs to be tackled at so many different levels So this episode has obviously been quite heavy and there's been a lot of trauma involved in what we've been saying and there's a likelihood that you listening to it have been affected by it or you know someone that's been affected by it. So we just want to make clear that there is help out there and there are people who have trained to deal with this issue and really, really want to see justice for you and be there to support you. So we would recommend going to the Revenge Porn Helpline And you can access their website at revengepornhelpline.org.uk. They do say if you are in immediate danger, please call 999. Otherwise, you can email them on help at revengepornhelpline.org.uk. Or if you feel more comfortable, you can call them on 0345 600 459. And you can request a call back if you don't feel comfortable to talk at that time. There's many options. So I really recommend checking out that website and don't be afraid to ask for support. There is hope. This conversation about 
gendered crimes about women not ha- having equality the conversation is is going it's wider and bigger than ever there is hope that there will be change and please tune in to our next part of this episode where we'll have a special guest on speaking about her own experiences of revenge porn yeah you are never alone and there's many people out there who can relate to you and who want to help you so please don't hesitate to reach out And like Hattie said, there's a huge momentum building now and people are talking about things that we should have spoken about a long time ago, but at least we're talking about it now. And we can already see progress with things like the Law Commission report. And that's something we're going to be talking about in our next episode as well. Plenty to be hopeful about. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Please head over to our Instagram page if you have any experiences or opinions you'd like to share with us. We can keep you completely anonymous on and off the podcast. And you can also find more information about our next part of this episode on our Instagram account too. Our Instagram is at Strawberry Week. Thank you for listening. And we can't wait to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye.